This is Robert Mardlachi, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's learning and technology e-magazine. And welcome to This Week in Canadian EdTech, Mindshare EdTech TV. I'm honored to have join me for a Mindshare Learning Moment, global education thought leader, uh, Mark Prensky, uh, to discuss the inspiration on his new book, Empowered, and his vision for the future of learning. Uh, Mark, thank you for joining me uh, this afternoon and your morning in uh, San Jose. It's a pleasure to be here and hello to everybody in Canada. Uh, so a little bit about Mark. He's best known for coining the terms digital native and digital immigrants, uh, both in the Oxford Dictionary. Kudos to that. He's an award-winning internationally acclaimed keynote speaker uh, with uh, 10 books, so over 100 articles a practical visionary. He is the founder and executive director of the Ministry of Empowerment, Accomplishment and Impact, and the creator of Two Billion Kids Project. Mark has uh, spoken in over 40 countries. Uh, his writing uh, has been translated in dozens of languages. Mark's book, uh, Education uh, to Be Better, the, Their World, Unleashing the Power of 21st Century Kids, won a gold prize as a Forward Indies Book of the Year. His latest books are Empowered, Reframing, Growing Up for a New Age and Digital Native Rising, a free ebook in multiple languages. Mark's background includes teaching at all levels, six years at the Boston Consulting Group and 12 years as founder and CEO of the video game development company. Uh, he's been a professional musician, has acted on Broadway, holds degrees from Oberlin College, Middlebury College and Yale and Harvard. Mark, uh, are, is that all accurate? Uh, I'm so honored to have uh, someone of your stature join us up here in Canada uh, today. Well, it is accurate, and thank you. And I, I would say I'm somewhat of a late bloomer. Um, I'm finally coming into my own in terms of understanding what I do well, which is reframing the way people look at the world. And Fascinating. And uh, the last time we saw each other was at the OECD Education 2030 working group uh, session that we were part of in Vancouver, uh, I'd say about four years ago. Is that, is that about right? That is right. And, uh, and we were there. Vancouver is a lovely city. I had a, a, an incredible room looking out at the cruise ship and the planes taking off. Uh, so that was a lot of fun and it was good to see you then. Well, uh, fast forward to today and uh, what's happened, where where we've gone in the last four years, uh, is it's been an incredible, uh, challenging time, you know, uh, for kids and uh, transformative in many ways. I, I, I've said this a number of times. It's been the best of times and it's been the worst of times. But for innovation and in education, the acceleration effect has been tenfold, I would say. It's, it's been uh, incredible how we, uh, who would have imagined in our lifetime, 100% of educators using some form of tech-infused pedagogy? It's been a very interesting time, uh, and a lot of changes happened, but most of it, I don't think, has been in very good directions. Because the world has changed incredibly, not just because of COVID, which was a, a marker and a time that we'll all go through, and actually a useful one because it showed us that change happens very quickly these days. So I think everybody was actually who didn't, who survived, 
was was um, lucky to go through that because it helped them understand how quickly we have to change. But aside from that, the world since roughly the turn of the millennium has been changing at an unbelievable speed in terms of both the capabilities of young people, often due to technology, and the beliefs of young people. And so the beliefs of young people are just not the same as their parents, whether it comes to property or privacy or, or education or anything else. And we have not yet begun to deal with this new world in terms of our young people. So perhaps the inspiration behind your, your new book, uh, how do you keep a pulse for what young people are thinking besides perhaps having your own kids? Well, I do have a 16-year-old son, and I do talk to him, but I have talked to young people for all the times I've ever given talks. I always include a panel of young people, and I read and listen a whole lot. And what I hear is that they are very, very dissatisfied with how they are being brought up in this new world. So, for example, we have a, a set of 17 SDGs from the United Nations, and people there, we're trying to teach them to do something about this. Well, those 17 SDGs are really the epic fails of our generation. We didn't get clean air. We didn't get good water. We didn't get equality. We didn't do all this. So I think many of them understand that that's now their job, and they have to learn how to do it. And that the strategies from the 20th century that all the adults used for growing up, which is parenting, going to school, getting a job, all those strategies are no longer useful in the 21st century. So what Interesting. I about, yeah, what I'd I agree with that. There's a new way of growing up and rethinking all of those strategies so that they are less about control and more about giving the people as they grow up, the opportunity is to become empowered. Fascinating. And so we have a, our 14th Schools of the Future Challenge, Student Challenge, and we're infusing the uh, Sustainable Development Goals from the UN for kids to embrace a challenge and to share uh, how they've tackled it. Um, are, are, is that on the right track? Is that something that kids can dig their teeth into and, and let them be agents of their own uh, change? Yes, it is. And what I want young people to focus on is no longer education and learning. It doesn't matter that you learn about these 17 uh, goals. What matters is what you accomplish with impact, that you choose self-direction an accomplishment with impact. So if you look at a particular problem, and it's not just those 17 problems, because every kid sees problems in his family. If you look at those, you will see that the... Um, Robert, can you mute your, um, can you mute your uh, sound for a second so I don't hear that, all that noise in the background? Uh, thank you. So if you look at 
the world today and you look at the challenges, every young person sees problems that they care about. So self-direction is the first step. You have to choose what you want to work on because that's the only way you will be motivated. The second piece is that it's not about learning or being educated. It's about accomplishing, accomplishing with impact. It's about making a difference. It's about looking at something and being able to point to something and say, see that last year, that was not good or it didn't exist. And now because of what I and my team did, it's much better. And that is what we want in our young people. That is empowerment. Empowerment is self-direction and accomplishment with impact. I, I love that notion. And um, kids achieving goals builds confidence. And, and that is a founda foundational and continues to evolve. Is, is, that, is that your thinking? Is that as opposed to the skills global competencies and the OECD. So what you're uh, leading towards is that the OECD direction in 2030, uh, that needs to be reframed perhaps? I would totally reframe it. Uh, but first of all, I distinguish between achievement and accomplishment. I don't really care about achievements, which are only for you. They're personal things. You're the valedictorian. You've done this. I care about what you have accomplished. And that's what we all should care about. What have you done for the world? The measurement that we need, the metric, is measurable, positive impact on the world. If you haven't made a measurable, positive impact on the world, your project is still in the middle. It's not finished yet. It doesn't matter what it is. And so that the, the important thing is that we focus our young people on the fact that they can accomplish. And that was something that we could not do in the past. In the past, knowledge was scarce and not well easily available. In the past, we didn't have tools so that we could accomplish things and make a difference in the world. So all we could do is take these young people and put them in schools and, and think we were giving them some learning. That worked in the 20th century. It worked right. for us. But it doesn't work well in the 21st century. People so, don't like going to school. They like accomplishing. So the current system, the industrial model that was foundational, that's been around 100 plus years, has not changed all that dramatically. And you were saying off air that your son is at one of the top schools in Silicon Valley. And it's, it's not all that enjoyable because it's still the industrial model and and we're you know at the end of the day if you want to get into a good business school as my kids were fortunate to you have to have great grades where does this bring assessment uh in the 21st century given your your uh your thinking there is only one useful form of assessment and that that is really accomplishing something with impact. People look at your resume and it turns out that where you went to school 
is more and more and more irrelevant. If you, where, where you get into school is important. So if you get into Harvard Business School, that shows that you are a peer of the other people who go there. But what you learn there is not very useful or relevant. So the, that's the problem with education today. The getting out stuff, what you get is not very useful in the world. It's only useful as a credential. And that credential, if you believe Robert Kaplan, is mostly saying you can do things that you don't want to do that people want you to do. That's really what, the, what school signals. I got through this school. I did a whole lot of stuff I didn't really want to do, but they wanted me to do, and I did it well. Okay, um, that's not what we need in the future. And it's not really so much an industrial model. It's, it's the model of preparation by accomplishment. And it's a model, the old model, the model that my son doesn't like and that very few uh, young people like, some may do, is sitting in a room, listening to a teacher tell you stuff, writing it down, copying it from the blackboard into your book, and then being tested on it. That is the old 20th century model. That, no matter how we enhance that or add to that or do it online or add technology, that is a bad model. The model that we need is to say, okay, what am I going to accomplish? First, what do I want to accomplish? What are my dreams? What are my interests? Those change, obviously, throughout your life as you grow up. And what can I do with those? How can I connect with others, not just locally in my community, around the world now. Right, because absolutely. That's the big difference. Community is no longer local. Community is worldwide based on affinity. Those are the communities that count. That is a huge difference that most people have not really taken in as yet. And so right now we do education, what we call education, which is the same almost everywhere in the world, we do it totally locally through roughly the age 18. You go to a school where you happen to live. Well, that limits your possibilities incredibly when you're connected to the entire world. So why are you not doing that part of your growing up connected to the world so that you can find affinity with people everywhere who share your specific concerns and interests. Thank you for that. Fascinating. Have we fully harnessed the power of EdTech? Are, are we making progress in the we last do. couple of years with the pandemic? The It's not EdTech. I think EdTech, people are going to lose a ton of money in EdTech. It's not, it's not even worth um, thinking about, although there are plenty who, who hype it. But I, technology is very important. And what's happening, I think, in this new century and new age is that humans are becoming symbiotic with technology. So when parents, for example, or teachers take away a young person's mobile phone, they are really cutting off a body part. And if, some, if a young person uses their their real hand to punch somebody, we don't cut off their hand. We just show them how to use it more usefully and better. 
And the same with technology. We have to start thinking of ourselves and the young people have to start thinking of themselves as symbiotic. And that's what's happening with Greta Thunberg, for example. Greta Thunberg, start, she's got all the right ideas and all the things that she wants to change are, are very uh, appropriate. But she started out in the 20th century. She started out like her parents, protesting outside the Swedish parliament in the rain. Then she did what the parents did before. She spoke in front of the UN and all these things. Nothing happened. So she finally realized, oh, wait, I live in the 21st century. I have to start organizing people using technology. And nobody knows really how to do that yet. We're just learning how to do that. We're just building the tools. We're just figuring it out. And that's the huge challenge for the young people of the 21st century. So it's really about using the right tool at the right time. It's really about integrating the tool into who you are. So this is a tool, this is a tool, and the cell phone that I can hold up is, a, is another tool. They're all equally part of you as a new 21st century human being. An extension, if you will. Yes. Who... How do we make change happen? Your vision of learning. Is there any country, any region, any province, state that's, uh, that's really making progress and has uh, your vision has, is, is going down that path? Again, that's in a sense the wrong question to ask because it's not going to happen locally. It's going to happen globally. What's happening, what I see happening is something that we have called at the Ministry of Empowerment and Accomplishment and Impact. We're calling them empowerment hubs. And an empowerment hub, it's not a brand, it's not uh, we start right. right here. Anybody can start one. Some of them exist, the, the 4-H, the scouts are some right. pieces of this. But it's a place, and often virtually, where kids, young people, go to accomplish things in the world. They meet others, they form teams, they set goals, they reach those goals. And if you spent, and it can start as early as three. I, there, is, there, there are great examples of three-year-olds deciding that they wanted higher garbage bins so they could reach them, seeing the mayor, designing the bins, getting it done. So if you start accomplishing with impact, when you are very young, and you do it over and over and over and over and over again as you grow up, learning what you need to learn along the way as a byproduct, not as a goal, but as a byproduct, then by the time you need to find work, you will know who you are. My motto is, is far better. Find out who you are, what you're good at, all these things as that changes. Apply that to making the world better. That's the A in a far. And finally, realize your dreams because that's what we now can do with the capabilities and beliefs that we have about young people that we could never do before. So it's an incredibly optimistic time for young people. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I have a great uh, case study for you to share in Canada where our Schools of the Future Challenge winners from last year in Winnipeg region, middle school students, girls, Akima girls, 
they took on the, our challenge. And what they did was the, the school was being renovated. So they built the school to scale, measured the school, built a school to scale in Minecraft and redesigned, adding a well, wellness garden, a vegetable garden, a daycare, uh, learning commons, and, and made it LEED certified. So discovered, explored what LEED requirements were to be LEED certified. And this was grade seven and eight students. And the, the school superintendent, when we announced the winners, and he, uh, Michelin, um, Michlik, uh, or Christian Michlik was uh, the LR, Louis Riel School Division, the superintendent at the time, said, I'm sharing this video with our architects because I want them to infuse some of your thinking from this project that uh, you were so successful on. How does that resonate with you? That's perfect. And, and it starts even earlier. There's a, there was a project in the, in the U.S. where fourth graders designed a water park for their community. They said, we're the people who should design this. We're the people who use it. They did the same thing. They submitted the project. They got to work with the architects. The point is that young people can do much more than we have ever, ever given them credit for. We used to think we had to protect them, we had to keep them safe, we had to teach them, we had to do... No, that's not what it is anymore. Everybody who has a project like yours, and yours is a good one, everybody who has a project like yours is surprised. And we say, oh my God, look what they did. Well, no, guess what? Thousands and thousands of projects like this exist around the world. Design for Change has, I think, 15,000 of them on video. Uh, the, the places like 4-H that have been doing these projects have a lot of documentation. This exists. It's what the young people want. And it's the adults who, because their beliefs are all from the 20th century, don't think the kids can do this. Uh, it's amazing when you give kids agency, and hence the, the title of your book, Empowered. When you give kids agency... Uh, amazing things can happen. And the challenge for us collectively is baby boomers is to get out of their way and let them do the work and discover and learn their own way, perhaps. Uh, that's a tall order. That, that is a tall order. And how do we make that change happen in these massive systems like, you know, LA Unified and the Toronto District School Board or New York City schools? These are massive systems that have been in existence for, I'd say, 100 years. And yes, I've thought about that. I've put on my BCG consulting hat and say, how do we do that? Just like we'd have to change a business. And my, my conclusion is this. I don't try to change the people who don't want to change, who are doing things mm -hmm. the same way. I say, fine. But I have resigned from the education and learning space. I am creating a new space. It's called the empowerment space. And it's something that's going to be side by side initially. And there are schools around the world that are trying to integrate empowerment hubs into what they do. It's very hard because it's very different than what school does school regiments and it puts people in boxes and it puts people in classrooms and that's not what empowerment hubs do they do projects what's interesting about an empowerment hub is that every adult can be a mentor 
of a team. Brilliant. Not we have to get out of their way. It's we have to help them. A great example is First Robotics, which you may be familiar with. Absolutely. We're a sponsor right in this space. So we are an empowerment hub of sorts here with uh, work it's and learning. an empowerment hub. But the reason it's not fully, it's got a lot of the elements. The kids choose their projects and do this. But it's not self-direction. And the projects don't affect the world in a positive way. So got suppose you. First Robotics said this year... Our, our, our goal is to build robots that find landmines, or our goal is to find robots that, fi that, that find people in, in after earthquakes. Uh, that would be a useful thing as opposed to we're going to build robots that throw Frisbees or ro build robots that, that uh, go on, on particular courses. I love that notion of making it more purposeful. Absolutely. Why shouldn't our kids be purposeful? Why does anybody think that a young person doesn't want to make their world better? Why do we say you have to wait 20 years and go to school and do what we want you to do before you can do that? That's what's so frustrating to my son and to all the people in schools, even the best schools, that they don't get to accomplish anything. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I had a podcast a week or so ago with... Uh, one of the co-founders of Prodigy Learning, who has an engineering degree, him, him and his partner from in Megatronics from the University of Waterloo, our Silicon Valley up here. They didn't go to work in the Megatronics space. They wanted to make math more challenging and interesting for kids to learn. So they gamified math. And they've, they've got 20 million kids around the world, around the world, using their platform because... That's how kids want to learn. I don't agree. I don't think that the answer is to gamify math. I think the answer is to do projects that you want to do that require math. And so it's like golf or anything else. When there's a skill that you need, you learn it. You get it. And, right. and, and you don't need a game to do that. You, a game, gamification is what Will Wright, the best game designer in the world, used to call give a shitification. We don't need to make people give a shit about math. We need people to make, to use math when it's helpful to them to accomplish something. Now, right. I, I, I believe there are some challenges within the game to solve, you know. It, and, even and, that, it, they're not real world. That's the real, real world problem. And yeah. so, so the, uh, and I've made all these games. I, I know this from, from deep experience. Suppose there were an empowerment hub in every company so that each company sponsored a place where the young people could say, oh, that sounds like an interesting company. I'll go there and do project after project after project that's appropriate for me that helps that company. So as they do that, instead of, instead of going to school and learning math, and I call it the mess, math, English, science, and social studies, instead of going and learning that mess in advance, they spend their time doing things that they want to do that help the company that help the world that help all of us and everybody wins mark brilliant i pulled up your book empowered talk to me about the release and and uh why uh why people should read it i hope everybody reads it we uh, i i have 
published it privately. People don't want to hear things often or print things that are this radical. I have stories that I can tell you. Uh, but it is now available in print. It's going to be available on Kindle next week. It's going to be available on Amazon. And I hope people take a look. It's, it's really a set of reframes. It's a set of new ways at looking at young people and growing up and, and it really is a far better way uh, that I think that many people will agree with, although it's hard for them to, to look at things very differently because we all grew up going to school. We all grew up knowing what education is. We all grew up with this stuff. Well, guess what? The world changed and we have to understand how to help our kids deal with it. Fascinating. Kudos to you for your new book, Empowered. Are you back on the speaker uh, circuit? Uh, we'd yeah, love to have you come up to Montreal. Anybody who wants to uh, listen to me, I'm happy to speak for them. I'm happy to spread this. We have the Ministry of, of EAI, the Ministry of Empowerment, Accomplishment, and Impact. And this is worldwide. I'm working with people in, in North America, South America, Europe, Asia, uh, and we're putting this together as a different way for young people to grow up. It's not, it won't replace everything tomorrow. It's really a 20 year journey that we have to do because in 20 years, those people will be in charge. They will be running the world. And it's no longer a world of replacement. It used to be, we said, what do you want to be when you grow up? That meant, who do you want to replace when they die? So, you know, the president will die, the workers will die, the head of the company, the garbage men will die, the doctors will die, we need replacements. That was how it used to work. It doesn't work like that anymore. Now we're inventing. Now we're in a new frontier. And the opportunities for young people to follow their dreams, to say, oh, yeah, I'd really love to do that. I'd really love to do that out in, in space. I want to help people uh, with their psychology in space or do any of the things that they're interested in. That is the new opportunity that's happening on this new frontier. I call it the new age of empowerment. And I think it's an enormously positive thing for young people. With that, uh, Mark Prensky, thank you so much for your time, uh, insight and inspiration on on, on our, our future leaders in the future of learning. And not just leaders, two billion kids. Remember, there are two billion kids in the world. Everybody is a leader at some things and a follower at other things. And it's really important that we understand that every young person understands where they can be and need to be and want to be a leader and where they can be and need to be a follower uh, Absolutely. Yeah, there's a great book, uh, The Leader with No Title by Robin Sharma, that, uh, who I've interviewed in the past. And uh, thank you again, uh, Mark Prensky, the uh, best known for uh, coining the terms digital native and digital immigrant, uh, award-winning author, keynoter. So grateful to have you on our Mindshare TV show today. My name is Robert Merlanchi, the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.